the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise episode joined by the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast and I'm already licking my wounds, Lundy. Welcome back, college football, with a swift kick to the old nutsack uh, as a no-targeting call in that Ohio State-Minnesota game uh, likely swayed the outcome. It was ultimately a push, unless you got it at the last minute at 14 and a half. Which uh, I did, which I did, Oh, which congratulations I did. to you, Captain Okiar. Good to you last night. Uh, you know, and I ended up getting UCF, and I stayed up till midnight to watch that incredible game because uh, I knew it would be uh, hair-raising. I knew it would be a thriller coming down to the final minutes, and it was, certainly was, and really the last possession of the game with about two minutes left for Boise State throwing a pick to seal the, the victory for the Knights. We featured the line on the pod yesterday at five and a half. I actually got it at four and a half at DraftKings the day before to minus 120 juice, and thank God that I did because that missed two-point conversion, if you were on the other side of that game, brutal. Uh, and that was a late two-point conversion attempt by UCF on their last touchdown. But, hey, man, we got a couple of games in the books. And sorry for the individual lost 220000 reportedly on backing Tennessee. Never back Tennessee even against Bowling Green. Uh, so let's get to some early bonus time here, Lundy. Uh, we've got a ton of games tonight on the slate. And let's go to the ACC and talk about uh, the season opener for North Carolina and Virginia Tech. Sam Howell, obviously a, a front runner for the Heisman Trophy this year, but I'm going against the Tar Heels and Howell. Give me the Hokies plus the six and a half. Pull this one from FanDuel at minus 114. Now, Howell was brilliant last season, 32 passing touchdowns. Obviously, he's got a plus offensive line as well, but my God, did he lose a ton of talent. Diami Brown is now with the Fighting Footballs. Daz Newsome uh, with the Chicago Bears. Javante Williams, of course, with the Denver Broncos. Michael Carter with the New York Jets. All those guys are gone. So, you know, this is going to be on Sam Howell, and we're going to see just how good he really is. Now, Virginia Tech, uh, they got Burmeister back at quarterback, so they got some experience there. And they have most of their key starters returning on defense, though they were lousy defending the football last season, giving up 32 points per game and 450 total yards per contest. But 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games, the home dog. I think the Hokies are going to do the Hokey Pokey and hopefully turn your bank account around, Lundy. So I'm going to take them and the points and that uh, that home. I always love home dogs, and I think they're going to be barking. So fade or follow early here. VT plus 6.5 at FanDuel minus 114 against UNC. Hey, let's kick off football season with some fun. I'm going to fade you on this one, man. I, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be like Roy Williams reloading the roster uh, for the Tar Heels uh, basketball team. I, I think they're going to reload. I think they're going to be fine. I actually took them yesterday afternoon uh, and and snagged it at five and a half. I know you talked about grabbing a plus six and a half uh, kind of spread here, so it's kind of bounced around. Shop around, folks, depending upon which side you're on. But uh, I'm a believer in Howell, man, uh, and I know they've lost a lot of weapons. I know they've lost a lot but I really think that they can do this on the road despite the fact uh, that I know you like home dogs and I usually I do. do too but in this case I think the Tar Heels are going to take this one so an early fade from me to get things started rough come on and bark loudly Virginia Tech with that on this football Friday edition holy mackerel we got a slate of games on Saturday let's get to it with the fade five 
number five. All right, before we get to the Saturday slate, let's go to a Big Ten matchup under the primetime lights here on this Friday. Michigan State uh, traveling to Evanston to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. And I'm going to lay the chalk here with the home squad. Uh, give me Pat Fitzgerald and company. Minus three. Pull this one from DraftKings at minus 110. Hey, look at Michigan State. Holy cow, do they got a sketchy offensive line. Lost a number of starters there. Really, in general, the offense uh, not going to pile up a whole lot of points. Much like last year, they were number 116 in average points per game. Number 122 as well in rush yards per contest. So, uncharacteristic compared to Sparty Party's of your of lore i should say but the cats meanwhile they're a fancy feast on the ground they got all four offensive linemen back uh from last year's team they have another guy uh, came in as a transfer so a ton of experience up front cam porter is going to be their leading rusher yet again so a lot of continuity there in the trenches now they only have four starters back on defense so that is the major question mark around this team, but 8-1-1, one, one, ATS their last 10 games, and 5-0 and oh against the spread in their last five consecutive contests. And again, with some of the consistency they have across the board, and knowing the, um, you know, again, the sketchiness, the question marks, the downsides of this Michigan State team uh, across the board in terms of uh, their offensive, or I should say, lack of fire, uh, firepower overall. Give me Northwestern minus three. Again, a DraftKings minus 110, fade or follow so it's not so much that I want to fade you, Brad. I'm just going to fade this game. I, I just don't. I'm I'm staying away from this one on a Friday night. Um, and, and here's why. I'm with you because for everything you just said, Northwestern should win this game and they should be able to cover should. the points. They're, they should. Here's the problem. Michigan State is six and one in their last seven games at Ryan Field. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I sit back and I go, man, there's just there's something going on there. Now, I know this is a different Northwestern team and, it, it, and all of those kinds of things that you can factor in, especially when we talk about college football, when you try to look too far back in the history books. Because as we all know, uh, unless you're like me and you want to take the long road for college, uh, those players just keep cycling over and over and over again. Right, so a lot right. of the history doesn't matter. But for whatever reason, Sparty throws a party when they're at Ryan Field. OK, so I I. I Agree 100% with everything you said and feet to the fire. I would take the Wildcats, but in this particular case, I'm probably going to stay away from this game on a Friday night. There are others that I feel better about to bet on tonight to kick off the weekend. Boo! 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 Quit straddling the fence, Lundy. Number four. All right, let's go to the Saturday slate. Let's head out west, and this is a game that's going to be played in the primetime slot. That is the UCLA Bruins coming off a thrashing of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors uh, because I backed Hawaii. Naturally, they went out there and kicked their ass. Uh, They're hosting LSU and a team that's been a bit of a vagabond here, Lundy, because of the repercussions from Hurricane Ida. But Ed Ogeron, hey, get him out there. Uh, We're going to beat him up. We're going to wrestle them Gators. We're going to take them down. Go Tigers. Uh, I'm going to take an LSU minus two and a half. Uh, It was at three. Some of the books, it was at three and a half, but this two and a half number is just too seducing for me to pass it up. Uh, Pull this one from FanDuel at minus 112. Uh, Max Johnson uh, is going to have to avoid the turnover bug if I'm going to score the cover in this game. And the LSU defensive line must stand tall. They gave up 169 rush yards per contest a season ago. And UCLA trounced Hawaii in the trenches, running for 244 yards and four touchdowns. And, of course, you have the psychological impact of Ida 
uh, displaced right now as the team has been practicing in Houston, you know, pretty far drive away from Baton Rouge. But I, I think there's just too much talent here across the board. I don't trust uh, Chip Kelly any way, shape, or form as impressive as the Bruins were in the first game. So I'm going to lay the chalk uh, with the road team here. Give me LSU a minus two and a half. Again, at FanDuel, minus 112. Fade or follow. Oh, following on this one. And thank you for doing a little bit of work this morning because uh, everywhere I was bouncing around, I'm like, wow, okay, there's three. All right, I don't have a hook there. And all of a sudden, I was looking through the notes you sent, and I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, two and a somebody half, took man. It, somebody took it to two and a half. And as you said, it's FanDuel. So, again, folks, what did we say? Shop around. Um, I, I like this one a lot. As impressive as UCLA was, um, I don't I don't trust Chip Kelly. Uh, I really don't. Uh, and as much of, of the displacement that you're talking about from Hurricane Ida, I I get the feeling that our goals are on. We're going to I, I feel like he can actually use that to rally these kids together. Yeah. And I think they're going to perform well, even being on uh, the left coast. I think that they're going to come through and I think they wind up winning this. I like the fact that we take the hook out of play just in case this is a close game, which I think it could be at least for a good chunk of it. Um, but I like this two and a half man. So uh, thank you by the way, for finding that one, because uh, you may save me a push or getting hooked by the captain. Somebody give me a bowl gumbo. Go Tigers. Number three. All right, let's move on and go back to the Big Ten and maybe the marquee matchup in the conference uh, of the entire weekend. We got a pair of ranked teams facing in Madison. Uh, they're going to be cranking the jump around there in the fourth quarter. Uh, they're at Camp Randall Stadium, but I'm taking Penn State plus five and a half in Madison. Minus 110. Pull this one from Caesars Sportsbook. It's going to come down to Sean Clifford. Uh, you know, he has got to limit the errors. And he's got a new offensive coordinator. And the OC's job is entirely to put him in a place of success, to maximize his efficiency. Uh, and I think that will be the case. Now, Wisconsin has an elite defense. Uh, they allowed under 20 points per game last season. I have a ton of starters back. Clearly a strength of this team. Uh, and Mertz is a guy that obviously has a very talented arm across the board. And they got the line of buffet closers there in the trenches, which is classic Wisconsin. But they don't have a Monte Ball. They don't have a Melvin Gordon. You know, they don't have one of those standout running backs that we've seen in years past. Brian Calhoun. And the list goes on and on and on. Jonathan Taylor. I think Penn State will keep this one nice and snug here, Lundy. They're going to lose by a field goal, but wind up covering on the five and a half. So fade or follow the Nittany Lions coming off a Debbie Downer season, riding the ship immediately, at least being competitive to the bitter end against the Badgers. What do you say? I'll I'll go with that. Did you see in the pregame they interviewed uh, 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 James Franklin, head coach for Penn yeah. State during the pregame of Thursday night's uh, contest that we were talking about before Ohio State and Minnesota. I don't know how you can't just rally behind that dude. That's he great, just dude. he looks like what you would want as a college football coach. <laughs> right. So you got to really like that as Penn State. Is it Ches Malusi? Is that how we say his name? I'm terrible with trying to pronounce some of these kids, and I apologize if I have completely butchered his name. Backing up Travis Etienne at Clemson. But now Wisconsin's back. Uh, so they do have a back who at least has some talent. He's about like he's, he's built like a little uh, little. Uh, uh, what, what was it? Joel Clack kept, well, Joel Clack kept calling him a bowling ball and razor blades. Oh, last night yeah, we yeah. That about, was Ibrahim. Uh, about Ibrahim. Yeah. Um, but in 2019, um, in a limited amount of work, but in 2019, Malusi actually averaged four yards after contact. So wow. despite his size, he's only about 5'11", 6 foot, and about a buck 90. Uh, but this guy just keeps plowing through. I'm with you 
that I think Wisconsin wins this game, but I do think Penn State keeps it close. And I think if Wisconsin does try to do the ground and pound kind of thing, keep the ball on the ground, which we know they like to do at times, uh, that also keeps the game close because you don't wind up with as many possessions. So I'm with you with Penn State with the points, but I'm really curious to see uh, uh, Malusi run. I want to see what this guy can do after spending last season. He only wound up with 27 carries last year uh, as he's been backing up Etienne at Clemson, but now he's transferred. He's with the Badgers. Let's see what he can do. But again, Man, James Franklin, I'll, I'll, I'll go play for him. And you've seen me, Brad. I can't play football. Yeah, well, as long as Sean Clifford runs through a wall for him, that's all I care about. Give me the cover, Penn State. Stick around for our top selections in college football plus bonus time. Number two. Hi, Lundy. Your beloveds, the Oregon State Beavers, are traveling to West Lafayette to take on the Purdue Boilermakers. And I'm not trying to kiss your ass. Uh, Maybe I am puckering up a little bit here. But I like Oregon State. And this line has shifted as we were recording the podcast to a magical plus seven and a half for OSU. Minus 110. Pull this one from FanDuel. Look, I think Oregon State's got a massive advantage here in the trenches with those hog mollies. Uh, This is a major plus of this team. They're going to be able to spark the ground game, run down Purdue's throw. This is a very vulnerable defense across the board. At least that is the expectation. It's completely overhauled for Purdue. Uh, I think they are miniaturized up front. And and again, those big uglies are going to be throwing dudes around, opening up some pathways uh, for the Beaver running backs uh, to chew up real estate through. Uh, now, the Boilers are going to have a rotation of quarterback with Plummer and O'Connell. O'Connell was a bit of a misadventure last season throughout Big Ten play. And you have a new quarterback as well, the Colorado transfer, under center for the Beavers in Sam Neuer. It's his time, but again, as long as he's kept clean, and I think he's going to have a ton of exploitable pockets, uh, he's going to be able to pick apart this team vertically uh, to match it again with the ground-and-pound game. And I think they're just going to grind Purdue into submission. Seven and a half points, way too many. Uh, by the way, Oregon State, 10-1 and one against the spread, their last 11 as a road underdog. And I think that trend will tack on in a positive way. So give me your Beavers, the pride of Corvallis, plus seven and a half against Purdue, minus 110 at FanDuel, fade or follow. Maybe I'm just uh, still riding the high from the the run in March Madness, uh, but right. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna believe as we sit here that you are not dropping the noisy huevos curse on my alma mater. And Condolences I'm gonna follow in advance. Condolences. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you on this one uh, again because you know Jonathan Smith has that team just they're playing well. Um, he's got the big offensive line. I think he can keep the ball on the ground. And by the way, early bonus time for you. The over-under in this game is at 69. Take the under. Oh, under. Uh, Good um, Lord, yes. Yeah, it's a really high over-under for a game that I think – uh, is gonna is gonna be played more like the upper 50s, uh, <clears throat> maybe maybe up into the 60s. But I think hitting 70 points I think is way too high for these two. And as you said, Oregon State has done very well on the road against the spread uh, over their last uh, couple of seasons. So I will roll with it. Thank you for laying the curse. It probably means that they're gonna lose by 28. Uh, <laughs> but you know I'll I'll roll with it and I'll cross my fingers that Brad hasn't completely screwed uh, my Oregon State beaver. I, I get it. I'm sorry. It- 
if I indeed have uh, applied the big noise kiss of death, which is uh, damning, to say the least. But I'm back at the beefs. Number one. All right, last but certainly not least, let's go to the main event of the weekend, Lundy. It's the University of Georgia taking on Clemson, a pair of top five teams. And go dogs! Uh, they're going to be barking. They're going to be biting. They're going to snack on the Tigers as though they're giant sausages. So give me UGA plus the three, minus 110. Pull this one from DraftKings. Uh, look, the reason why I like George is the combination of they probably have the best defensive line in all of college football. It got JT Daniels, highly, highly competent quarterback under center. And he also has Zamir White in that backfield. You know, long lineage of high producers at Georgia. DeAndre Swift, Todd Gurley, list goes on and on and on over the years. And I think Zamir White's going to be the next great Georgia back. Uh, now, you got Ugalele. Uh, you know, he got some action last season. Remember, Trevor Lawrence was in COVID-19 protocol. Uh, so he was able to get some invaluable snaps under center and, and produce at a very high level. And, hell, if he would have come out last season, if he were eligible, probably would have been a, you know, a first round, maybe a top 10 overall NFL pick. But he's got a largely brand-new offensive line. He's got a brand-new backfield. Travis Etienne, unfortunately, on injured reserve now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think this tough, hard-nosed Georgia defense will be the difference here in the end. By the way, UGA 6-1 ATS the last seven times they have faced an ACC opponent. So Georgia, plus three, too many points. Hell, they may win this thing straight up, uh, and I'm sticking to it. Fade or follow. Uh, I'm with you on this one for a number of reasons. One, we talk about the offensive line uh, for Clemson being a little bit of patchwork. Brad, have you seen Jordan Davis of the Georgia Bulldogs? No, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is their uh, is their nose tackle. Okay, he's six foot six, three forty. Good Lord, have he, mercy. He is going to obliterate this line that Clemson <laughs> has, unless they've got some sort of trick up their sleeve um, to be able to try to slow him down somehow. Because this dude is a monster. He yeah. is going to have a hell of a second career when he gets to the pro level uh, when he's done at Georgia. So I am with you at the plus three and a half. And I'll tell you what, uh, very similar to what we did earlier uh, uh, with week zero games when we were talking about Illinois, when you and I jumped on the spread, but then I said I was also going to sprinkle a half a unit on the money line. Yep. I'm doing the same thing here with the Bulldogs. I'm going to take them with the points, but I'm also going to sprinkle something on the money line because I think Georgia may win this thing straight up. And I think it comes down to that defensive front. The front seven for Georgia is really good. Um, I'd I, like, I'll be completely honest with you. Obviously you can, you can look at how the spreads are done. If this were on a neutral site, this is a pick em or maybe Georgia's favored. Um, and because of that, I think even as much luck as they may have with Howard's rock there in Clemson, uh, I think Georgia gets the job done and, and will cover and maybe win. Yeah, the dog is certainly going to be foaming at the mouth against that revamped dude, offensive huge. line, six man. Six foot I, six, three forty. I, I, I just, I'm trying to imagine how many calories that man consumes in one day. It's got to be extraordinary. I mean, he's a young man with, you know, <laughs> not maybe the highest metabolism, but he needs a lot of fuel to keep up that body shape and the energy level overall. All right, before we get out of here, Luddy, let's get to a little bonus time. Uh, choose your own adventure. What else you got? Uh, there's another game whose total doesn't make sense to me, which probably means that I just haven't had enough coffee this morning. But as we look across some of the college football this weekend, Old Dominion and Wake. Uh, Old Dominion likes to run the ball, and the over-unders at, at 64. I'm going to take the under uh, between those two teams. Uh, speaking of unders, how about the first half 
over-under between Alabama and Miami. I think both of these teams are going to be slow to start. The over-under for the first half is set at 31. We had uh, luck last night when we went with the first half under with NC State in bonus time. Let's see if we can do it again this weekend. And despite the fact it's at a neutral site, give me K-State minus the three against Stanford. Uh, I love David Shaw as a head coach, but what do they say, Brad? When you've got two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. That's correct. Uh, And so uh, I'm going to go with K-State because Stanford is going to be basically rotating two quarterbacks. Meanwhile, Skylar Thompson, who's the starting quarterback for K-State, is essentially what they refer to as a super senior. He has 30 starts under his belt. This guy has the experience, and I think K-State takes care of business despite being on the neutral site and uh, knocks the Stanford Cardinal back to the Bay Area. So give me K-State minus the three. I like that quite a bit. All right, uh, what else I got on my card on this Friday? Uh, Give me Charlotte plus six and a half against Duke. Uh, Duke may have one of the worst uh, power five starting quarterbacks at all of college football. Uh, They've only got six starters back as well uh, over their entire offense or defense is overly leaky and generous, and Chris Riddles can really sling it. Very efficient passer overall. So I think Charlotte goes boom in this one. They could win this thing straight up, again, at plus six and a half. Uh, Elsewhere, I I like uh, Louisiana, plus eight, uh, ranked. Uh, for the first time, I think in eons, and you know, in the early poll, they're number twenty-three in the nation. Is Lafayette, and you know what Texas does? They fail always, massively, right on their face. And plus eight's too many points uh, there in Austin. So give me Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, and the points over the weekend. And let's work in one baseball selection here on this Friday night. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon gets an RBI plus two hundred, two to one odds. In Miami, he's going up against a South Paul, Jesus Lazardo, who is sporting, get this, Lundy, a 7.62 second half ERA. Yikes. Ooh, and yikes. McCutcheon, uh, like I said, he's been crushing uh, South Paul's all season, 13 homers with a 1.078 OPS, and he's got eight ribbies over the last seven days. So swinging a hot stick is the old man. And McCutcheon. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Faith and Always podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review. Would you kindly enjoy your Labor Day weekend? We'll be back on Tuesday. And until next time, as always, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.